Welcome to Pete Care's Stories of Hope and Healing podcast. We have 11 episodes exploring the hope and healing framework. This framework sets the foundation for caring and working with young people in residential care in a way that understands and responds to trauma. The Hope and Healing Framework was written by Encompass Family and Community Proprietary Limited. In this podcast series, you'll be listening to the stories of young people previously in residential care, practitioners with residential care experience, and experts who were part of the advisory group for the Hope and Healing Framework or are specialists in trauma and child protection. All young people on staff have been given a pseudonym to protect their confidentiality. Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander listeners are warned that episodes may include names and voices of people who have since passed away. Never underestimate the power of a listening ear. Welcome to the fifth episode of Peak Care Stories of Hope and Healing. I'm your host, Hayley Holst from Pracademics, and in this episode, we'll be exploring the concept of relationships in residential care. You'll be hearing from three young people, Jessica, Chantel and Jason, as well as Elia and Chad, who are very experienced residential care staff members. You will also be hearing from three members of the expert advisory group who assisted in the development of the Hope and Healing Framework, Howard Bath, Lisa Hillen and Sandy Wilson. We will also be introducing Australian expert Dr Russ Pratt and international expert Kevin Creedon. We hope that their stories and ideas will bring to life this important element of hope and healing. As this podcast will be shared throughout Queensland, we would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of these lands. We pay our respects to elders past and present and emerging community leaders. We also acknowledge the hardships suffered by Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people and we hope this podcast is sensitive to their experiences. We'd also like to acknowledge the important contributions that Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander professionals, elders and volunteers make within the child protection sector in Queensland. So far in this series on the Hope and Healing Framework, we have covered four areas that are recognised as fundamental to the everyday care provided to young people. Those include safety, nurture, development and healing. These provide the foundation for and inform all interactions with young people during all aspects of care on an everyday basis. We are now exploring the focus areas of a therapeutic approach in residential care and the next four episodes will focus on key areas of relationship, emotional know-how, positive identity and connections. In this episode we are looking at relationships. Relationship is not just about the development of a relationship between a residential care worker and young person. It also refers to a young person's capacity to engage in healthy relationships, modelled on residential care workers' efforts to work through elements of relationship such as trust, empathy, caring and forgiveness. So while the relationship between the residential care worker and young person is critical for healing, because as we know, healing happens in relationships, it is about developing young people's capacity to develop relationships which will endure into adulthood and beyond the residential care environment. Lisa Hillen, a member of the expert advisory group, spoke about the approach of doing with rather than doing to a young person, which provides an important foundation to developing relationships with young people. was to move from a sense of doing to to doing with, and really that's to me saying that residential care is a really unique system in that you live together. And what we took away from is a power dynamic where kids were in the residential and we were the experts. What we moved to was that this is a a system we live in together 
and we grow safely together. So in everyday work with young people, residential care workers have the opportunity to role model the elements of relationship that will help young people build relationships with others. For now, let's start with some basic elements of building relationships with young people. Chantelle had great insight that there can be a variety of personalities, but finding common ground and residential care workers showing a genuine interest in the young person is important. Trying to connect the carer with the kid, like, so find out what the kid's interests are mm-hmm. and what the carer's interests are would really help as well because, like, carers are different, kids are different, and there's a variety of personalities. And if you sort of look at the system and, like, how it works, they don't look at that. They just, this carer's fine, this carer's fine. To them, that's a complete stranger coming to take over their life, you know, to tell them what to do, how to act and how to live. She went on to give an example of where this had been done really well for her previously in residential care. I enjoy dancing. I enjoy going out and doing that. Like my favourite carer, she actually did a dance with me. We did a thing where we set up a song, we set up dance moves and we come up with a whole production for a dance with the two of us. So to me that was like a connection bonding. So like that interest of that kid, what they find interesting, going out and doing it. Whether you don't find it interesting, that kid does. You know, and we have to put up with like lots of department stuff we don't find interesting, but we still have to put up with it. Residential care worker Elia spoke about how she uses her strengths to build rapport with young people, in particular through the use of appropriate humour. I rely really on humour um, and normalising things. So those are my two main go-to things. Like, yeah, of course you're upset. That was really horrible that that happened. Like, oh my God, I can't believe it. And just using my own kind of exaggerated pace to, to, match, to match the pitch of the kid. And then kind of co-regulate to, to bring them down. And they go, oh, she's funny. Like, and I don't react and I don't get mad. And that builds the trust, which builds the relationships. As Elia went on to say, building trust is one of the essential elements of relationships. As a residential care worker, there are times when you do have to share information, such as if a young person discloses self-harm or thoughts of suicide. However, Chantelle gave a great example of an opportunity to build trust with young people keeping certain information, like say you, they come up to you, oh, I had my first kiss today. You tell them, like, make sure you have protection and, like, you explain them all that. What's the need of you having to tell every single worker? Like, come on. And then that you have that bad work and they mention it and then you think they're paying you out on it and it's like, well, now I'm not going to tell them nothing because they've just broken my trust. It is important to remember that young people may not reciprocate in relationships until they are ready. However, it is imperative for carers to remain consistent, as per Jessica's advice for carers. Always try your hardest to trust a young person, no matter how many times they have proven to break it. We introduced Kevin Creedon in our third episode on development. When we asked him for parting advice at the end of the interview, he provided us with a very succinct explanation of why it was important for residential care workers to build a good relationship with young people before expecting them to follow your guidance. Kids have to think that you care before they care what you think. Jason also highlighted the importance of young people feeling cared for and supported in their relationships with residential care workers. You just have to be supportive, which is the complete definition of their job description anyway. A support worker. Nothing more, nothing less. 
Jason also picks up the idea that being supportive also demonstrates respect for a young person. There are a number of ways we can convey respect in everyday work with young people. Lisa gives us an example of a daily practice that role models and conveys respect. So that each day, you know, we would have things where people would set goals for the day, but staff had to set those goals with kids too. So you're not asking kids to do anything you're not doing. Tony has worked in residential care for a number of years and talked about the importance of giving young people a voice. That's certainly a big thing that, um, yeah, we want young people to have a voice and uh, to, to express their thoughts and opinions safely, you know, without any fear of, you know, it being you know, held against them or something like that. Chad also spoke about things that could be incorporated into daily routines that demonstrate respect for young people and help build relationships. I'll, I'll go out there quite often and, and sit with them and have a dinner um, and talk about, you know, how's school going? You know, how's... how's are you enjoying your, you know, your, your football or what is it you want to do? Is there any other activities that you want to do? And just having that open conversation where everyone gets an opportunity to talk and voice their opinions, really, is, I think it's very... It's very they, the, the young people feel valued because they feel, that, again, they're being heard. Chantelle summed this up well from a young person's perspective. Like, their opinion means something. Like, they're not just a kid in the system. At this point, we would like to highlight that one of the common barriers or issues raised about building relationships with young people is around the balance between making connections and maintaining professional boundaries. Howard Bath had some thoughts around this. But I think it's the biggest challenge for residential care providers how to get that balance right between ensuring safety for young people in care but also developing meaningful connections. We also spoke to Tony about this and he explained some warning signs for breaching boundaries and the difference between being personally attached and creating attachment. For, for any kind of staff members who aren't aligning with the, uh, the overall uh, case plan for the child, which has been agreed by all stakeholders, um, staff members who, I guess, uh, become too personally attached you know, two kids. Um, like, we certainly want people to, to create attachments, but there needs to be boundaries around that as well. Having good boundaries is a fundamental element of trust in relationships. So part of building relationships with young people is having clear and consistent boundaries. This is ultimately about safety of the young person, and it goes both ways, so young people learn how to set and maintain boundaries with other people to keep themselves physically and emotionally safe. Howard had some advice on how this should be openly discussed with young people as effective role modelling of honesty, respect and discussions about safety. That staff are there to keep them safe. And I think part of that is explaining why those particular rules are in place. And the same as, um, you know, when kids want to talk or want to be more, you know, talk about the staff member's family or the staff member's relationships, for instance. I think it's generally accepted we keep those boundaries as clear as possible. But staff can also explain to young people why those rules are in place and they're not there to create a barrier, but they're actually there to keep the staff member and the young person as safe as possible in that particular context. While we have covered some important elements of building relationships between residential care workers and young people, this concept is also about building a young person's capacity for relationships with others. 
This is vital so that young people can build and develop relationships with others, including family, friends and other adults, where those relationships will endure beyond the residential care environment. Young person Mark talked about the importance of building relationships outside of the residential care service. It really taught me how to connect with people in general because I never was much of a people person. I was really sheltered and, and I really wasn't a nice person because of the experiences I'd had. And one thing that they taught me and really I felt helped a lot was how to actually connect with people. And I, if I never learned how to do that, then I don't think I'd actually be able to function within the community and, you know, socially, effectively to a point where I can be a positive member of the community. In our third episode, we discussed how care needs to be tailored to young people's developmental needs. This developmental approach is also important when working with young people to develop a capacity for relationships. Kevin Creedon explained to us how the capacity for relationships is developed in stages and experiencing warm and caring relationships is important, but not enough for young people to develop their own capacity for relationships. And I think if you look at it developmentally, um, being a warm, caring person is, is necessary, but not sufficient. Um, that oftentimes what these kids are lacking are those really early, um, again, a kind of foundation skill for attachment, what I would call attunement, or what some folks in the you know, brain research field would, would call uh, a serve and return uh, type of process that you see go on with infants and uh, their caretakers at a very early age where, you know, the kid babbles and you babble back and they squeal and you kind of, you know, it's that, it's that transmitting uh, your needs uh, and your responses in very active, engaged kind of way. And oftentimes that lack of attunement um, really makes it difficult for kids with early, particularly early trauma to accurately read uh, social cues, facial cues, tone of voice, body language, to evaluate the meaning and motives behind people's behavior. They just really struggle with kind of understanding um, why are you being nice to me? Why are you helping me? Why aren't you helping me? What, you know, what is it that I'm doing that's making you angry? Uh, they, they have a real hard time with that. And a lot of that is because those foundations are around attunement and attachment um, have not been developed. And so I think that's something you literally have to spend time building a skill about. Kevin went on to explain that you can support young people to build attunement by any activity where they need to be in sync with others. This can include walking at the same pace together, drumming, mirroring other people's expressions or movements. As young people have told us already, the best activities will be those that young people are naturally interested in and enjoy. Dr Russ Pratt is a forensic and counselling psychologist and is recognised as one of Australia's most experienced forensic psychologists working in the areas of sexual abuse and child protection issues. He spoke about some of the basic skills young people need to develop in building their capacity for relationships. He highlighted young people need to understand their impact on others as a starting point for communication and relationship skills. An understanding of or having awareness of the impact of yourself on others. So how, as a young person or even as you know, someone of my age, of your age, of any age, you know, the question would be, how do I impact on others? 
Um, because if I can answer that question, um, I can actually sort of then develop empathy from that um, just through being able to say, you know, it seems to me that what I'm doing here um, is not well liked. It's causing pain to the other um, or distress to the other. And, you know, I, I don't feel good about that and I need to stop. Mark talked about some practical ways that young people could be provided an opportunity to develop relationships with other young people. One thing I think could work is not only connecting within the household itself, but connecting with other kids that are in residential households. And, you know, say you go out to a park for a barbecue with three or four households, you know, three or four kids in each house. It doesn't have to be hundreds of kids, but it can just be, you know, a couple of houses in one suburb goes out to the local park for a barbecue and they all kick a ball around and have a chat and they start to connect. And then once they've connected and, you know, they start to say, oh, hey, you know, can we go over to this girl's house, that resi house and watch a movie? They're having a movie night tonight. You know, that's another way of connecting. Then once they start to build that connection and trust, once they get into the real world, that's teaches them how to, you know, have respect for boundaries and not, not only boundaries but how to approach situations correctly rather than an incorrect manner and to have people think that they're being quite rude. Now, while it may not always be possible to emulate this exact example for a range of reasons, like not having a lot of young people in the same area or safety concerns, Mark explains why it is important to create those opportunities for young people. It's, it's just simple little things like that, that learning to read the situation and to hold your tongue on certain things where it's inappropriate to have your own say rather than to be out in the community, you know, connecting with people and someone says something you don't like and then you instantly retort but then afterwards realise, hang on, maybe I shouldn't have said that, that was inappropriate. To learn those sort of skills in order to successfully mould with society and the community, um, I feel is a big necessary thing. Residential care workers have a significant opportunity to role model appropriate responses to tension in relationships or with others. Sandy Wilson, a member of the expert advisory group, spoke about this being an important element for young people in residential care. She explained how young people may come out of environments where there's been a lot of conflict between adults. She goes on to speak about how care teams, that is those from residential care service providers, youth workers and departmental staff and other professionals, can work together and use this as an opportunity to model effective and respectful communication between adults. Everybody has to be um, focused on young person's interests. And um, just having those, and I suppose it's just building up those sort of trusting um, relationships. So um, if one part of the um, stakeholder group or care, care team, you know, has a particular view, that that's, that gets a chance to be voiced and, um, and unpacked and understood. So there may be opportunities for residential care workers and other members of the care team to role model effective relationships and responding to tension within those relationships. But there are also many opportunities within the relationship between the young person and care worker where there may be tension and residential care workers will have to respond with warmth and compassion. Take this example from Lisa. Young people are really great at getting to the very core of where your own vulnerability is and they'll absolutely go to it. So 
I remember going into the residential one day and I was, you know, dressed in what I thought was a very, you know, groovy outfit and a young person going to me, what the f*** are you wearing? Um, and, and who do you think you are? And of course, you know, this is, you know, a very distressing and I have to go, well, you know, obviously you've got some, you know, feedback for me about my outfit. Sometimes you might say it like this, but it's great that you felt able to tell me. <laughs> so you, you've got to always bring your most adult self to the table. Elia, another residential care worker, also spoke about the importance of managing your own reactions and emotions when working with young people. Um, when you don't react and when you're not scared um, and when you don't show fear, when you, when you laugh at what terrifies other people, um, they learn to trust you because you're accepting. You're accepting of what they're going to do. So, yeah, you can scream in my face, but I'm just not going to react. Her examples stress the importance of both role modelling appropriate communication and remaining consistent and predictable in your approach and the impact that can have on a relationship with a young person. I don't react or I react happily. And, I, and I've trained myself, and I'm sure you guys have trained yourself, like I do not react with any kind of anger or annoyance. Um, I just redirect and I'm calm all the time. So that's the beginning of trust. So when you get those testing behaviors and you don't react, eventually they get bored of testing behaviors and then, then that's when the real work starts. In this episode, we have focused on relationship and how being purposeful in building relationships with young people helps to develop their capacity for relationships with others. Both Lisa and Howard have some important words to reflect on. Actually using your relationship with them as the, as the absolute way that they can have safe and productive and supportive relationships into the future. Howard highlights the important words of Bruce Perry, a leading expert in trauma. Healing does not come actually from the therapeutic stuff. That's helpful, yes. It comes from the nature of relationships that the young person develops along their journey. Um, the strength of those relationships and the qualities of those relationships, he, you know, his, his comment, I think, is it's the, it's the relationships that are the agents of change. Um, it's not the therapeutic strategies that we use. And I think that's a very, very telling insight. Uh, and I think that's generally shared by anyone that's thought about what happens in this field. We hope you can reflect on this moving forward and appreciate the vital role that your relationships with young people play in healing. To conclude this episode, we have a few questions for reflection. What things do you do to build trust and demonstrate respect for young people? What opportunities do you provide them to coach them on effective communication? Do you take notice of what makes it difficult for them to relate to others? Do you provide positive reinforcement or praise when you see them developing or demonstrating appropriate communication skills with others? And while caring for young people, in every interaction you have with others, are you a positive role model for young people? Thank you for listening to this episode of Peak Care Stories of Hope and Healing. This was the fifth episode in an 11-part series. Our next episode will be exploring the concept of building connections for young people in residential care. You have to help kids make reconnection to the parts of their family that are positive and, and incredibly important to them and to build their identity in terms of the people that are going to love them into the rest of their life because you're really kidding yourself if you think that's you.
Thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it and gained a better insight into what the concepts mean in your day-to-day roles with children and young people. We are indebted to the time and wisdom of our interviewees and would like to thank the Create Foundation for their support with interviewing the young people. Be sure to check out our show notes for additional resources for the episode. You can also check out our other episodes in the Stories of Hope and Healing series through your favourite podcast app or by visiting peakcare.org.au or pracademics.org.au. This has been produced and narrated by Pracademics Inc. All music has been produced by me, Matthew Schrader.